0: Hey, reach paramount welcome to our podcast hey this message is from our midweek service with pastor jacob lopez in a message entitled the steadfast love of jesus enjoy this message amen are you guys excited to be in the presence of the lord man you guys can take your seats i'm excited to be here tonight Man, at the best church in the world, Reach Church. Man, I was just talking to my dad. It's been about six months since I've been on this stage. My dad kind of joked around. I'm coming out of my six month retirement. I've had six months of training, um, but I'm excited to be here. And before I begin, I have to do this. And I have to honor our pastors uh, Pastor Omar and Sister Letty. Come on, give it up for them. It's amazing to see this church grow it's amazing to see the type of culture this church has and i want to honor the pastoral staff uh, pastor isaac john evangelist john and pastor rob and lastly i I can't forget this she knows i do do this all the time i want to honor my beautiful wife linda man she is amazing and also i want to honor her mom Amada, my mother-in-law, for being here tonight. Man, if you don't know already, we're expecting our first child, our first daughter, Natalie Grace. And man, we can't be so we can't be more excited to meet her. Uh, we're getting ready to enter this new season of, of 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 parenthood, this new season of life. And I'm gonna be a little bit honest with you tonight. Is that okay? During this season of our life, it's been a little bit time consuming. It's been very busy. We've had multiple things come in our life and we've had to deal with some obstacles. We've had to deal with some certain things in our life where we just kind of felt like it was one thing after another. You guys ever felt like that before? Remember just sitting there thinking, man, is is this gonna end, Lord? And I remember going through thing after thing and on Saturday we went to this we went to this leadership seminar, and I went with, with with an open heart, and I and I was sitting there and I heard the speaker say this He says, When you have a lot going on, when you're trying to balance different things in your life, don't focus on the pressure point. Instead, fix your eyes on Jesus. Because when you fix your eyes on Jesus, then you'll realize you'll be able to carry a little bit more than if you were not fixing your eyes on Jesus. And in that moment, it just just hit me. It hit me that I was, in a sense, taking my eyes off of Jesus in that moment. And I realized that I started to feel like I couldn't handle it anymore. You ever felt like that? Where you have the weight of the world on your shoulders? let me tell you the moment you begin to fix your eyes on Jesus is the moment that he changes everything you see when you fix your eyes on Jesus and and him alone then all you see is him all you see is the faithfulness of God all you see is how merciful he is all you see is how loving Jesus is you see tonight I believe that some of us in this room have forgotten who Jesus looks like. Some of us in this room have forgotten who Jesus is because we've taken our eyes off of him. Our view of life, our circumstances, our perspective becomes overwhelming now because our eyes are taken off of him. See tonight, I I wanna encourage you tonight, is that okay? I wanna remind you a little bit on who Jesus is. And tonight I wanna talk about the steadfast love of Jesus. You see, the word steadfast means firmly fixed, in place, immovable, meaning that it stays the same. It doesn't change. See, this is a perfect description on how Jesus loves us. His love for us never changes. His love is constant. It never moves. In chapter 3 verse 22 it says the faithful love of the Father or the love of the Lord never ends. His love for us remains and never changes. And I want to talk about three things on how the steadfast love is constantly doing three things to us. He's constantly pursuing us. He's constantly transforming us. And he's constantly sustaining us. I want you to turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 15 verse 11 and we're going to read from verse 11 to 24. And I'm going to read it right now and this is going to be my main scripture. In Luke chapter 15 verse 11 it says there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, "Father, give me my share of the estate." So he decided his property between he divided his property between them. It says not long after that the younger son got together all he had Set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, it says there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. It says, so he went and hired himself out to a citizen that country, citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. It says, he longed to fill his stomach. He was so hungry with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. It says, when he came to his senses, when he came to his senses, he said this, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father, but while he was still long away off, His father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And it says he ran to his son. It says he threw his arms around him, kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of man, for, for the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. God's love is constantly pursuing us. Can we pray? Father, we thank you, Lord. God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit meeting us even now, Jesus. Father, I pray that every word that I speak, God, that they would hear your voice, God, and not mine. Father, I pray that you'd begin to prepare every heart, God, every mind, Jesus, Lord, God, that they would get the revelation that you want them to receive, Jesus. And Father, we give you all the glory and all the honor in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I think we're going to change the mic right now. Thank you. Hello? Can you guys hear me? Let's take on that reverb. Are we good? All right. All right, all right. all right. Number one is this. God is constantly pursuing us. God's love is constantly pursuing us. You see, this story in the Bible is is probably one of the most popular stories in the Bible and, and ultimately one of my favorites. And we have Jesus, is, he's telling this parable to describe, and he's telling this parable and describing our relationship between us and the Father. You see, the youngest son wants his, his share of his inheritance now. And as I read that, I begin to think, usually when you get your inheritance, somebody has to die. Right. Usually, when you get your inheritance, either either your a family member dies and or, or your parents die, and I begin to think he started to ask for his inheritance even now before his father had passed away. But I, as I read this, that's not what threw me off. What threw me off is his father's response. This is after after the son asked for his portion. It said this: the father immediately began to divide the portion between the brother. And, and, and him. I started to think, man, if I ask my dad, dad, I, I know you, I know you haven't passed away yet. I know, I know you got a lot of years left in you, right? A lot of years. But, you know, I kind of want to buy some things. Yeah, dad, I don't know if you know I'm having a baby soon. You know, I, I, I need to buy, I got, just got a new car, got, dad, I you know. Do you think it's possible that you can give me, if you have any for me right now, I don't think his answer would be, okay, let me divide it between your brothers right now. He would, he would probably beat me. He'd probably just say, man, are you crazy? But it says that his daddy immediately started to divide between his brother. You see, there's something different about our heavenly father than our earthly father. You see, our heavenly father will ultimately let you do what you want to do. You see, Jesus will never force you to do anything. Although he's gonna guide you, he's gonna lead you where you should go, it's a hard decision. We get to choose what we wanna do. But let me tell you, the reality is this, every decision that we make has a cost to it. Every decision that we make, we will reap what we've sowed. So we have this son, he makes that decision, I want my inheritance now. The father gives it to him, and we all know what happens next. He ends up, he ends up blowing it all. He wastes every bit of money that he had instead on wild living. He wasted on his friends, he's partying, he's drinking, he's doing all these things, and he wastes everything that he has. He now finds himself in a place where he's so hungry that the pig's food looks good to him. He's so hungry that he has nothing left but the pig's food and he finds himself in a place where he has nothing. He finds himself in a place where, where he lost it all. That there's no that there's no way out, pretty much. And I love what it says. And I had and I repeated this twice. It says, all this had happened. He's there with the pigs, and then it says this. He came to his senses. He came to his senses, and finally decided that the only place I can go back to is the Father. You see, in a moment where he had lost everything, in a moment where he blew it, it says that he sinned against his father and he felt like he had no hope. Then it says he came to his senses, meaning that he's now in his right mind. You see, it took him all the way to get to his very end where he felt like he had nothing left in a time of desperation to finally come back to his senses. You see, I believe God will sometimes allow us to get to a place where we have nothing left. He'll allow us to get to a place where we feel like we can't go anywhere else to finally have us come back to our senses. He says he comes back to his senses and realized that the only place he can go back to is his father. And I love this story. It says that he decides to go back to his father and says on his way out, it, it even says as he was far away, his father was there and he's seen him. And it said that his father was full, full, full of compassion. And it said that his father ran towards him. He ran towards him and embraced him with a hug and a kiss. You see, without hesitation, his father pursued his son because he came back. His father pursued his son because his son came back to his senses. You see, I believe in order for God's love to pursue you, sometimes he needs to break you a little bit. You see, the younger son had everything he'd ever wanted. He wanted to go out and and have that amount of money, and he did it, and the father let him. But let me tell you, the only reason he came back to his father was because he lost it all. The son realized that he was nothing without his father. The son realized that he wasn't where he was supposed to be that he now comes to his senses to come back to the Father. I'm here to let you know that Jesus can't pursue you until you have nothing left in your life. Jesus won't force you to do anything. You see, I I tell the youth this all the time. It says, your parents can force you to come to church, but they can't force you to serve them. You see, that's the reality of this is, God won't force you to do anything. He won't even force you to not make a bad decision. But until you realize that without God, you're nothing, until the walls of your life are broken down, until the only thing left in your life is Jesus, then you're hindering yourself from God pursuing you. You see, he can't pursue you unless everything you have, unless everything you've ever wanted is gone. Jesus said you're either with me or you're against me you can't have one foot in and one foot out he says I want all of you You see I believe there's people in this room who haven't allowed themselves to be broken down a little bit you haven't allowed Jesus to be the only thing left in your life instead you've been building up walls instead you've been taking in all the other things Let me ask you, maybe you've been wondering why you're going through certain circumstances in your life. Maybe you're wondering like I was, God, why does it keep happening to me? Why is it one thing after another? But let me tell you this, are you still feeling empty and lost? Is still nothing changed in your life? Let me ask you, have you come to your senses yet? Have you fixed your eyes on Jesus and not on the circumstances? See, I believe some of us tonight are still operating in our wrong mind. We're still allowing the pain, the trials, the circumstances that we're going through and we're allowing it to go to waste. See, I believe some of you are, are running from God. Some of you are on the run. Some of you know that God is calling you. Some of you know that Jesus wants to love you again. Some of you know that you need to have a relationship with God, but you haven't come to your senses. Countless times we read in the Bible about people who are running away from God. People who haven't come to their senses, and at the very last moment where they have nothing left, now they decide to come to their senses. We look at Jonah, right? Jonah's called to go and preach to the people of Nineveh. Well, you know what he does? He disobeys God and ends up running in the wrong direction. And we know what happens, right? He ends up getting swallowed by a big fish. And he's in there for three days. And it says, now he finally comes to his senses and he starts to cry out to God. And in that moment, God rescues him. We have Samson who totally ignored God and the promise that he made to him. He falls into sin with with a girl named Delilah she gets him to compromise his promise and cuts his hair and he, he's now captured by the Philistines it says the Philistines end up gouging out his eyes and Samson finds himself chained up nowhere to go can't see and at this moment Samson finally comes to his senses finally comes to his senses and cries out to God to meet him there and you know what happens God meets them. God restores them. In all these stories, people have come to a place where they have nothing left. People have come to a place where all they have is Jesus. And it's in that moment that God finally pursues them. It's in that moment that God is finally allowed to love you. Sometimes God will break you down in order to pursue you if that's what it takes. You see, his love is constantly pursuing you so much that he'll use your moments of failure. He'll use your moments where you have nothing left, where you blew it, to ultimately lead you back to him. You see, the problem with some of us is we go through all these heartaches, right? We go through all these failures, all these hard times in our life just to end up the same. We go through everything. We have heartbreak. We go through some tragic events in our life. But we stay the same and we miss that God is trying to pursue us. We miss that God has been there all along chasing after you. But he can't pursue you you, unless you have something on the side. Until you've given it all up for God, he can't pursue you. Man, if we can only learn that God is trying to pursue us. If we can only learn from our, from our past mistakes. If we can only learn and come to our senses rather than repeating the same cycle over and over again. See, I love, I love the way my dad says it. It says it's better to learn from the instruction of others rather than from experience. Man, I'm here to encourage you. Let his love pursue you. Don't allow the moments of emptiness, don't allow the moments of heartache to go to waste. You see, his love is steadfast, It's constantly pursuing us, but it's the moment that we take our eyes off Jesus that we start to lose our senses. You see, it's the moment where we decide to come back to Jesus. It's in that moment that we realize that he was pursuing us all along. But all he's waiting for you to do is, is to give up everything. All he's waiting for you to do is to come to a place where nothing else will satisfy you besides him. See, God's love is steadfast. It's constantly pursuing us, but not only that, his love is constantly transforming you. You see, when you experience the love of God, he transforms you. See, I think about the son. I think about when he finally came to his and senses and he finally came back to his father. He was probably all jacked up. He's probably dirty from feeding the pigs. He probably smelled like a pig. We know that he was full of regret, full of shame because he sinned against his father. We know that he's sneaky, man, if I can just come back as a servant, then I'm okay. He had already counted himself out as his son. But then in verse 21 and 24, it says this. It says, as he's walking there, it says, the son said to his father, father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But I love this. It says, but the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. See, do you realize that when his son came to his senses and he decided to come back to his father, he didn't get ready. He didn't have to clean himself off and say, Oh man, I need to look good in order to come to my father. Said that when he came to his senses, he decided to go back just as he was. You see, I'm here to tell you there's nothing that you need to do to come to the Father. He doesn't need perfection. You don't need to have a degree. You don't need to have a job. If you're willing to come to the Father, He's willing to accept you. You see, the Son came dirty. He came ashamed. He came broken. But it says that the Father began to give him a new robe I I can almost picture that he started to clean himself off he started to take off the dirt from his eyes and he started to make him better again he said he probably took off his old robe his old things and he began to put a new thing on him he began to put a new robe on him began to put a new ring on his finger you see God loves you too much to leave you the same way he found you in Ezekiel chapter 36 and 26 it says this it says, I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. No matter how jacked up you are, no matter where you've come from, no matter how you grew up, no matter how lost you think you are, if you want to come to the Father, he's willing to accept you. He's willing to love you. But not, not only that, he's willing to transform you. The Bible says that in him, you become a new creation. It says that the old life is gone and the new life is now. We go from death to life, from lost to to found. You see, when we experience his love, it transforms us. But I mentioned earlier that his love is steadfast. His love is constantly transforming us. See, the word constantly means continuously. It's always happening. You see, his love is continuously transforming us, meaning it never ends. He's constantly working on us. He's constantly making us better for the kingdom of God. see, the issue, the issue with some of us is we allow Jesus to love us. We allow him to change us and transform us. But over time, we stop. Over time, we become numb to the things of God. Over time, we're no longer grateful for what he's done in our life. We're no longer thankful that he pursued us, that he loved us, that he transformed us. And little by little, we find ourselves dealing with old habits again. We find ourselves doing some old lifestyle things that we used to do. We start to do things that we told God we would never do again. We start to go go places that we told God, God, I'm never gonna go there again. We start to hang out with people that we told God, I'm never hanging out with them again. I'm cutting them off from my life. And the heart that Jesus made of flesh starts to become stone again. Why? Because you stopped allowing God to transform you. You stopped allowing God to love you. Now the word doesn't mean anything to you. Your prayer life is absent. Your worship is no longer there. You want to know how to get back to your old lifestyle? Stop reading, stop praying, stop worshipping and you end up as the same person you were when you met Christ. That's why David always asked God to search his heart, to reveal anything that may offend him because he understood that it was a daily thing. He understood that it was constant that it was a constant change, constant transformation. And I believe this, it's, it's killing more Christians than we know. It's causing people to leave. It's causing people to become bitter towards the things of God because they're relying on past a past transformation to lead them into the future. I'm here to remind you that his love is constantly transforming us. Meaning you have to constantly allow God to change you Jesus said, if you seek me, you're going to find me. You see, you in your prayer life, in your personal life, when no one sees, you need to come to a place where you're constantly seeking after him. Because when you seek after him, he begins to change you. If you're not seeking after Christ, he's not changing you. If you're not seeking after him, he can't can't love you the way he needs to. He can't transform you the way he needs to. See, his love is constantly pursuing us. It's constantly transforming us. And his love is constantly sustaining us. See, Jesus is all you need to keep going. It's what will keep you afloat. You see, when the trials of life come, his love stays the same. When you're at your lowest point in your life and you feel like you have nothing left, his love stays the same. You see, his love is like no other. It's like nothing we've ever experienced before. It's not easily shaken. It doesn't waver when it hits adversity. It doesn't give up on us when we decide to give up on him. In Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 54 verse 10, it says, for the mountains may move and the hills may disappear. But even then, my faithful love for you will remain. He says, my covenant of blessing will never be broken. Says the Lord who has mercy on you. I'm going to have the worship team come up, Omar. He see, his love never fails. If the mountains move and if the hills disappear, even then my love for you, my love for you will remain. How amazing, how comforting it is knowing that his love is there for you through it all. I mentioned earlier that my wife and I are expecting our, our, our child, our, our daughter Natalie Grace. And man, we're excited. We're excited to see her. But I mentioned earlier that it was it's kind of a lot going on. Kind of kind of been busy for us, and I'm gonna be honest with you, is that okay? it's been a little bit difficult. You see, we feel like during this pregnancy, we've had one thing hit us after another. When we first found out that she was pregnant, we were so excited, we were ready to go. We've been, we've been, we've been preparing for a long time. We've been trying for a long time. And I remember at, when she was 17 weeks pregnant, we're on our way to a, a leaders meeting. And we're talking, we're we're on our way. And next thing you know, we get rear-ended. We get rear-ended and I begin to think the one moment, I decide not to take my truck. I'm in her little Corolla. We end up getting hit. And they hit us so hard that they totaled our car. And in that moment, my wife is in pain and I don't know what to do. I call my dad and he ends up up being there and he, he takes us to the hospital. And I remember on the way to the hospital, we began to pray. We began to declare that this baby, there's nothing wrong with this baby, there's nothing wrong with my wife. And we go there, we're at the hospital for a couple hours, they check her, finds out everything's good. And we're we're so thankful and we're so grateful to God. And fast forward a couple weeks, she ends up having um, an ultrasound done, an, an ultrasound done. And they end up seeing some things that may be wrong with the baby. Certain things might not be developed correctly. And in that moment, we don't know what to do. In that moment, there's really nothing we can do but pray. It's all we've ever known. It's all we've ever done. So we're going to keep on doing this. And in that moment, we start to pray and we start to trust God. And a week later, a doctor calls and says, you know what? I, I don't know what the nurses were looking at. I don't know what they saw, but everything seems to be okay with your baby. And man, you guys can give praise to Jesus. And I remember I remember being so excited and I remember telling Linda, to see God is good. God is faithful. He's faithful. We tr- we're gonna trust in him no matter what. And just two weeks ago, we get a call from the doctor again. And the doctor is basically saying that our baby, our baby's small. Now, obviously, we're not very big people. <laughs> but, they, but they start to see that, that the baby's not where it's supposed to be. And the baby's a little bit too small, and the doctor begins to tell Linda, maybe, I, we don't know the reason, but we feel like she's not getting enough nutrients. She's not getting what she's supposed to get, so that, that's why she's small. And so the doctor begins to tell us, we're gonna, need to, we're gonna need to induce you on the 26th of this month. We're gonna need to induce you because we can't wait, we can't wait three more weeks. Because if we wait three more weeks and the baby is malnourished, it's gonna be a problem. And pretty much the doctor is telling us that unless this baby grows over two pounds in two weeks, then you're gonna be induced this Saturday. And the doctor began to tell us, it's probably not going to happen because two pounds in two weeks is not something you hear every day. And I remember just sitting there in shock, gathering all my thoughts, trying to figure out what's going on, trying to to really just pray. And I remember, obviously, I'm I'm the husband, so I'm strong for my wife. You know, it's going to be okay, babe. We're going to pray. But I remember sitting there like, man, God, why does it feel like it's one thing after another, God? Why do I feel like something's wrong? You tell me to put my faith in you, God, but look at what's happening. And I begin to, I just begin to pray. And I begin to ask the Lord, God, I need you to help me. God, I need you to help our situation. And the whole time we're we're feeling scared. The whole time we're anxious about what's going on, and but we begin to. To talk to each other, and we begin to say that we're gonna trust God. We're gonna allow Him to sustain us. We're gonna depend on Him because that's all who we can depend on. And today, today we're we're at Target, right? And Target's the best. I love Target now. <laughs> We've been getting everything for the baby. And, and we're at Target and we're getting some last minute things because this Saturday she's going to be induced. So I, I, don't, I don't even have, I, I'm not even ready for this. I don't even have a go bag. I'm thinking about like Michael Scott, you're going to tell me this now that I don't have a go bag? I, literally, that's how I'm feeling. I'm not prepared for this. So we're at Target and we're, we're trying to get everything that we can get before she gets induced because this week has ultimately been the busiest week of my life. And we're trying to get everything done. We're trying to, we're trying to plan and we're trying to figure out what we need. Okay. We need this, we need that. And we're talking, and she gets a call from the doctor again. And I just kind of we just kind of stop, and the doctor begins to tell us that our daughter Natalie has grown two and a half pounds. <laughs> the doctor. The doctor began to tell us that, not only has she grown two and a half pounds, but you don't need to be induced this Saturday. You don't need to get any of the steroids that she was recommending. The baby is perfect. You see, I'm not telling you this for no reason just because I'm happy about it, although I am. I'm telling you to let you know that there's only one person who can sustain you. There's only one person who can sustain you through every walk of life. There's only one person you can trust, and that's Jesus. See, it was only because we were sustained by his love, we were sustained by his faithfulness, that we were able to get through this. It was only because we kept our eyes on Jesus. See, I'm being honest with you. Even this past week, my dad asked me to preach. He asked me to preach on Saturday, and I began to think of reasons why I couldn't. Dad, I'm, I'm about to have a baby on Saturday. Don't you know I'm about to, she's about to get a deuce on Saturday? Dad, I haven't, I haven't even built all the, the furniture from Ikea. Dad, I, I'm really busy. Our house isn't ready. And I began to focus on all the pressures of my life. I began to focus on all the pressure points in my life. And it was in that moment that I began to realize that I had taken off my, my eyes off of Jesus. And I'm at this leadership seminar and the, 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 the pastor begins to say, some of you are worrying about the pressure points in life and you've taken your eyes off Jesus. I was convicted. I text my dad right away, dad, I'm in. I'm preaching on Wednesday. You got it no matter what, I'm in. But check this out, check this out. It's because my eyes were on him that I was able to handle more and I was able to carry more than what I I can do alone. You see, his love will sustain you. You see, the reason why some of you get burnt out, the reason why some of you, it becomes boring, it becomes dull to you, and you feel like you you, you wanna give up every two weeks is because you place either your families, your careers, your dreams, you've placed them to sustain you other than him. And you wonder why you want to quit all the time. You wonder why you think, oh man, the church is toxic. The church isn't toxic because you allowed your senses to become toxic. You've allowed something else other than Jesus to sustain your life. Jesus will sustain every walk of life in your life. Don't forget about the moments when you first got saved. Don't forget about the moments of how grateful you felt that someone was willing to die for you, that someone was willing to pursue you. You see, Jesus doesn't change. He doesn't change that we're no longer sustained by him. It's because we've created in our own life where his love is only temporary rather than permanent in our lives. See, why would you forfeit the only real sustainable love you can get for something counterfeit? Why would you give up the real thing? You see, I'm here to tell you, don't allow the things of this world to entice you. Don't allow the weight of the world to take you out. See, I said here, I'm here today to remind you of who Jesus is. See, there's nothing else in this world that can sustain you. No amount of money can sustain you. No amount of sin can sustain you. Not even your family can sustain you. The only thing that can and will sustain you is the steadfast love of Jesus Christ. On every head bowed and every eye closed right now, it's the steadfast love of Jesus. You see, it's his love that's constantly pursuing you. It's his love that's constantly transforming you and it's constantly sustaining you. See, there's nothing else in this world that will be able to love you like Jesus can. It says that God loved you so much that he was willing to send his son to die on a cross so that you can have a second chance. It says, while you were still sinning, Christ died for you. Knowing who you were gonna be, knowing how you were gonna act, it says that he still died on the cross for you. Even if you've never acknowledged Jesus before, he died for you. It says he died for your sin, so that you can be forgiven one day, so that you can have a second chance one day. It says in 1 John 1 9 it says this if we confess our sins he is faithful and just and will forgive us and purify us of all unrighteousness there's no one that I can think of that would be willing to die for my sins there's no one that I can think of that would pursue me day after day chance after chance even when I've given up on him there's no one that would pursue me that much See, there's only one person that is willing to do that, and that's Jesus. It says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There's no way to go to the Father but through him. See, I believe this is speaking to some of you tonight. I believe God is pursuing some of you. I believe as I was speaking, you're telling yourself, man, that's me. Man, I'm just like the prodigal son. I'm just like a person I've tried everything. I've wasted all my time on things that have not satisfied me. But let me tell you, Jesus is waiting for you to come back to your senses. Jesus is waiting for you to just come afar, just to get in his vicinity so that way he can pursue you. You see, if you're sitting there and you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never allowed him to pursue you. You've never allowed him to transform you. He's never been able to sustain you. If that's you, and you're sitting there and you're like, man, what you're saying, I can relate to that, Jacob. You see, I want that. I want that satisfaction. I want to be able to be sustained. If you're sitting there and you're saying, Jacob, I need to give my life to God. I want you to do me one quick favor. I just want you to raise your hand. If there's anyone in this room, okay, I see that hand. I see that hand. You see, Jesus is pursuing you right now. Jesus is ready to love you. No matter what you've done, no matter how you live, no matter what you did today before you got here, Jesus is willing to love you. I see that hand, you could put your hand down, thank you. I can see that hand, thank you. We're not gonna move quickly in this because this is the most important call of tonight. You see, I believe Jesus is in this room. I believe Jesus is speaking to every individual in this room, especially if you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe you're sitting here and you once served the Lord. You once used to be on fire for God, but you've fallen away. You've lost your senses and you, found, you find yourself in a place where you have nothing left. You find yourself in a place like this, sun where you're lost, you're broken, you're dirty, you're ashamed. I'm here to let you know that Jesus wants you to come back that he's just waiting for you to come back to your senses so that he can pursue you. If you're sitting there and you want to recommit your life to Jesus, I just want you to do me a a quick favor and just raise your hand. Raise your hand if you haven't already. I see that hand. People are willing to make a change in their life. Let me tell you, there's only one person that can satisfy you. There's only one person that can fulfill your every need in your life, and that's Jesus. So, if you're here tonight, whether you used to serve Him or you've never served Him before, I just want you to raise your hand if you want to accept Jesus in your life. All right. For those of you that raise your hand tonight, I want you to do me. Something. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to look up at me. You mean that? You mean that you mean that in the back to my left you mean that i'm going to ask that you you stand up and you meet me at this altar if that's if that's you i'm going to ask that you come and meet me at this altar i want to be able to pray with you for those of you maybe you come with a friend i want you to come with them so i'm going to ask that you guys come up to the altar if you if you raise your hand If that's you and you want to accept Jesus in your life, I want you to come forward. Jesus is the best thing that could ever happen to you. He's the only thing that will satisfy your every need. to let you guys know that Jesus was pursuing you, that in this service, it wasn't for nothing, that I I wasn't just talking to random people. I believe Jesus was speaking to every one of you tonight, and he's ready to pursue you. He's ready to love you. He's ready to be Lord over your life. And so I'm going to ask that every head is bowed and every eye closed, and we're going to do is we're going to say a prayer. And I don't want you to repeat it to me because I can't do anything for you. I want you to speak to Jesus because I believe Jesus is in this room. And so we're going to say a prayer and I want you guys to repeat after me. And those of you that are sitting down, I want you to repeat after me as well. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you to say, Jesus, I believe that you died and you rose again. I ask you, Lord, to come into my life and to forgive me of my sins. I ask you, Lord, to change my life. Make me a new person that from this day forward, I will serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna have the ushers pray with them. I mean, some people just gave their lives to Jesus. This is the most important time of the service. Why don't we all stand to our feet right now? See, I believe Jesus is speaking to people right now. I believe Jesus is challenging some of you, challenging you to let the Lord pursue you, challenging you to let the Lord transform you, let the Lord be able to sustain you, If that's you if if anything i said i want you to come to the front i want you to come to the front right now if god has been speaking to you god wants to challenge some of you tonight god wants to meet you here at this altar don't even think about it don't even hesitate if the lord has been speaking to you with anything that i've said i want you to come to the front father we thank you jesus father we pray right now lord that you would meet us here jesus Father, we pray, Lord, God, that we come back to our senses, Lord. Father, that we come back to our senses, Lord, to allow you to pursue us, Father. Father, we pray right now, Lord, and we repent, Jesus, if we have allowed anything to sustain us other than you, Lord. Father, we pray right now, Lord, that you would be in this place. In Jesus' name.